Cannabis Corner on WNHHLP 103.5 FM, broadcasting live from downtown New Haven. We are streaming live on TuneIn Radio and NewHavenIndependent.org. Also streaming live video on Facebook and YouTube. Just go to your Facebook page, look us up, and hit C first to see and hear all the great programs we have here on WNHHLP. And Cannabis Corner is also streaming live on the Green Haven Media Facebook page and ProCannabisMedia.com. Welcome to Cannabis Corner, everybody. It is Monday, January 28th. I am your host, Joe LaChance, and I am joined here by my co-host, Uncle Lou, who will be back in a minute. There he is. And, of course... Classic Kristen, Kristen Souza. How are you, everybody? Welcome back. Happy New Year to all our listeners. It's great to be back on this snowy January. It's lovely to see the snow on the ground. It's been a while for me. I thought I was going to hate it, but it was actually very pleasant uh, to see snowfall for the first time in three years. That's why you like it so much. It's been three years. <laughs> yeah, no, when I first came back, I was like, oh, why did it, why in the winter? Why, you know, all this kind of stuff. And then I decided to kind of flip the script and go, you know what, it'll be a nice change. I haven't had winter in a while. The cold air is good for you. All that self-talk, you know, talk yourself into it. I like the positivity. <laughs> and it worked, not, you know? It's not what I, I look, said when I was scraping my car this morning, but I'm going to adopt your attitude. <laughs> but it worked. I mean, I was watching it fall. It was very pretty. I actually went outside yesterday in the snow just to feel it. But it was kind of cool. So that's, you know, there it is. And that's enough for the year. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think we're getting. Can't wait tonight. till April now. Right. All right. But, there you go. <laughs> oh, but anyway, uh, so all you guys, y'all had a great New Year, great holidays, spent time with your family, did all the good stuff. It was a fun, it was a fun uh, couple weeks we were gone, yeah. Good. Good. I had a good I time. I got down to, uh, actually got down to New York and went to Conbud, one of the licensed dispensaries in new york which is really cool uh coast martin wow. is a is a social equity and previously incarcerated individual who got his license and was able to open up his location um he was made famous after he uh, after his release from incarceration with his workout regimen con body it was featured oh. on uh 
It was featured on Good Morning America, NBC, all these different um, periodicals, and he was uh, incarcerated for cannabis. And then afterwards, he got himself a curb license and was finally able to open. So it went down, and uh, you know, it's nice to see individuals who were affected decide to go and you know leave a legacy for the next generation. And then from there, I picked up some uh, some Piff Hayes. That's uh, that's legacy grown and licensed out of New York as well. Um, Piff has been up here in Connecticut. He's done things with Gene Traders. He's, he's been all over the country at a bunch of different events and a bunch of different things. I was actually able to grow some of that haze a couple of years back. So it was nice to see um, cannabis come full circle for individuals. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. 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 Even, That's... With, all of, even with all of New York's uh, issues, you know, every state's got their issues. Yes, really yes, nice they do. To, it's really nice to be able to celebrate those individuals who get their licenses and now are trying to do it right. Like yourself. Hey, <laughs> we'll leave so, it at that. <laughs> just yet. You know, nothing's open yet. So. But, you know, you're on your way. So that's a beautiful thing. And you're a perfect example of that, Lou. You are a shining example. But I'll stop. Uh, I'm definitely not a shining example. I'm probably one of the most flawed individuals that <laughs> don't ever claim any of that. Well, stuff. at least for equity, okay? How's that? <laughs> no, I get it. I guess it's it's always hard to Take it, think of anything other than, you know, you go through what you got to go through and you do what you got to do. That's, that's ultimately the only way I see it. And, you know, I agree. Got to be able to leave that left. Got to be able to leave the next legacy. So, yep. I agree, Lou. I agree, Lou. Um, speaking of that, uh, there was some big news coming out of the uh, cannabis community this week. Uh, yeah, very, it's... very tough news. Very stressful. Very, uh, you know, standard act of of our government here. But yes, what what, what was the uh, please please fill us in? Well, you did get uh, to talk about it on Chaz and AJ, which is always amazing. You know, always oh, like yes. promotions and shout out to Joe for being the voice of the individuals on Chaz and AJ. And, you know, big shout out to them. Yeah, it seemed. Yeah, I was on the air on 99.1. And here is my little bong, Gordy. Unfortunately, I forgot the uh, lighter, so I can't smoke him on air. But anyway, yeah, it was on William Tong apparently has issued a cease and desist to the high bazaar coming out of Hamden, and we all know what that is, so I don't need to describe it, um, <clears throat> for, you know, basically having an illegal cannabis gifting party, whatever. Allegedly. Uh, allegedly, right. And and not only that, he also did it to a few other uh, establishments, and also he has a few retailers under investigation. So it seems like, and I think you and I discussed this. We are in year three of legalization. They are at the enforcement stage of the process, right? Starts out first year, loopholes, right? Second year, they close the loopholes. And what do they do in the third year? They enforce. So this, like you said, is typical from the state. Probably should have seen it coming, right? Um, 
I, I guess I wouldn't I wouldn't claim ignorance on anybody. I think everybody involved are very smart individuals that that are aware of what's going on. And I wouldn't say like uh, they should have saw it coming or anything. You know what I mean? Right. I definitely believe that everybody involved is smart, intelligent individuals, and they know what they got going on and trust in trust in the process and. You know what I mean? I, I wouldn't say they didn't know. So Yeah, you're right. The people we shouldn't trust is the government. You're absolutely right. right. You know, right. I, when I, and this is, you know, this is this is one of those statements and conversations I think everybody has, especially when you're in the legacy market. Um there there's what we would call the oh crap fund. You right. know what I mean? So everybody's got the foresight, you know you're doing something, you know, blessings. You we we all chose to make the choices that we have and um you know i i went through my thing i wasn't able to get anybody to say anything i didn't have any friends i guess or so they definitely went through and made sure i was convicted um so that's where you use your your old crap fund so i i believe everybody's smart enough and has contingencies and i would just say you know for those who may not have gotten a letter just take heed be aware. I, be I aware. tell everybody, do what you're going to do. You know, congratulations on everybody's come up and hustle because I don't ever knock anybody's hustle, but just be aware of what you're doing and be ready to do it. You know, there were certain people, I, I knew what I was willing to do and the punishments that come with it. And I knew that not to go above certain things or go extra or, you know, you make your choices. Yep. I agree. And, and I agree with you a hundred percent. You know, a lot of this, the reason these things exist, you know, we got to get this, the legal market, you know, a little bit more robust. Basically they run out of products and things like that. And, you know, I agree with you. People make the choices they make and there are smart people doing this and they will adapt and do whatever they need to do. You know, the good thing is nobody got arrested. They did get a warning, right? Uh, unfortunately they were made an example of, but if you read the press release, they are not the only place under investigation. And you said it. If and you, you know haven't what? gotten a letter, just take heed. And you know what? Even on top of that, <laughs> there were raids in the state. So there were. To get, a, to get a cease and desist, I think, is, is very courteous. Yes. As stupid as that sounds. Yes, I agree. A warning is unnecessary because I did not get a warning <laughs> as they walked through my door. Neither did I. I did not. As they kicked down my door, <laughs> you know, as they shoved my as they shoved my children and ex wife away from everything, pulled them out of the house, threatened to shoot my dog, you know, yeah, and put the knee to the back of my head with the the cold steel right to the oh, back yeah. of your head, the, the knee to your back of your neck, yeah. That's it, always a fun a, experience, you know? <laughs> you know what? This weekend, I was, uh, you know, this weekend, I was in Long Island. Like I said, I got to go meet some dispensaries and things like that. But I was outside, sitting in the car, dropping off my company. And, you know, small neighborhood with a person of color in the car. You know what I mean? I was with my fraternity brother's. And, you know, they do well in life, and they bought a house in Long Island. They actually called the cops on us for smoking a blunt in the truck as I was dropping off my front, bro. Oh, my uh, God. 
seven cop cars showed up and questioned us on what was going on, leading off with, do you guys live here? Yep. Gentleman lives right in the house, right there. Here's his license ID and everything. Well, as you can imagine, we got a ton of phone calls. I said, we've been here for a half hour. Like the truck's off. We're smoking a blunt. It's not illegal. No, no, it's fine, sir. It's legal. There's no sale going on. There's no, nope. We're just chilling here. He lives inside and we're outside smoking a blunt as it's snowing. Well, as you can imagine, we got a ton of phone calls. We live here. Like the gentleman lives here. Oh, well, we're really sorry, but that's the stuff that still goes on. That's the same prejudice that still goes on. And, you know, there aren't warnings when when the cops show up. And it's tough. It's really tough, you know. And that experience, as you know, Joe, creates some really messed up PTSD. Yes, it does. (laughs) You know, my (laughs) ex-wife suffers from it. My kids have had that traumatic experience. And it's nothing to glorify in in any way at all. But it's such a tough situation, even with a small interaction, that just brings back all of that. Yes. You know, and it's tough. It's really tough. So don't wish that upon anybody. So, you know, getting a warning is really, really a blessing. Yeah, I agree. I agree because a lot of people don't. So, yeah, like I said, I'm sure the market will adapt. If you are interested in taking action, you can email or call. Attorney General Tong, and let them know that you need your cannabis in Connecticut. And uh, they better get their uh, act together as far as what they're doing in the uh, adult use market and the medical market. Because there are a lot of people unhappy about that as well. But that's another topic for another day. And I don't want to eat into Kristen's time. Before our guest comes on, I know you have a few events for us. Kristen, how are you? I am good. How are you? Good, good. Before I move into the events, my unsolicited two cents, um, while Attorney General William Tong is the one who sent out the cease and desist, he does not operate independently. So my personal suggestion is to reach out to the governor's office. So email Ned Lamont and then find out who your senators are. Um, These folks all hang out together all of the time. And while the direction may have come from one individual, the more noise in his ear, the better. If it's all, you know, all the emails going to him, it's going to his staffers and he can very easily rifle those into a personal folder and keep it moving. So get as loud as possible is my unsolicited two cents. Yeah, and the point is, you know, we need more weed in Connecticut. I mean, when when you're running out of weed at the dispensaries, come on, no other states have this problem. That's yeah, the bottom line. Got to get open. That's the hardest part. Yeah, the, the growers and the growers. for the individuals that got licenses to to open up shop. Yep. You know what I mean? That's a big thing as well. They've created barriers where it's so hard to even get open. That there's so many people with licenses. Um, that any of waiting. the individuals with the any of the individuals with manufacturing licenses can start pumping out products, and there will be a lot a lot more products on shelves. That can be licensed by almost anybody. So if you do have, a, and I say this all the time, and I've been saying it for two years, if you have a brand or intellectual property, go get it licensed. This is something you do on your own. Yeah. You don't need the government to do it. Get your intellectual property together. Get your trademark right away. Trademark. Get it all done. Uh, yep. Jessica Gonzalez, who's the lawyer that's been honored by so many different places, is an IP lawyer out of New Jersey. She's the advocate. She's a great individual that has a lot of work that's gotten done. 
gotten done. Cheryl Powell out of New York um, can also help. She's minority from medical marijuana, advocate of the year uh, nominee as well. These are all individuals with legal backgrounds that will help individuals from the legacy market, from the back, um, um, from all the markets, get themselves settled up and ready to work. Get yourself an insurance agent, some of the gentlemen we're talking to today. Get yourself, start your business up like a business so that you're able to stand up because I'll, I'll give a shout out to Zara who is completely on her own handling all of this herself. She's definitely looking for, um, looking for people to come in and purchase licensing agreements, get herself, you know, up and running so that she can get her business open and start sending products out. Same thing with like uh, our good friend, um, uh, Brian Essinger with uh, Connecticut Canvas Company. They're a manufacturer. They really want to get their things out there. You know, there's a lot of manufacturing and production companies that run their their uh, their licenses through the uh, lottery, which on the licensing side, that wasn't plagued by a million uh, right. applications. That was, that was just the retail. That was just the retail licenses, but delivery licenses, all the ancillary licenses, those individuals are trying to get up and running and they would love to work with other individuals from the same background. So get your IP together, be ready to fight, be a business to be in business. You know what I mean? Play the game on the same level. Well, uh, that's how you're able to fight. Yep. I agree. I agree. You know me, I got a brand in an LLC as do you. And as does Kristen. So we're all there. Anyway, <laughs> Kristen, let's let you finish up. I want to know where the people can go. <laughs> yes. All right. So uh, the first one we were going to talk about was there is a public forum on decriminalization of psychedelic mushrooms. So that is okay. happening this Wednesday, the 9th um, in Hartford at the Capitol. Uh, yeah, that's from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. So there's a really great lineup of expert testimony and just folks that are very educated on the science around psychedelics. So those folks will be um, speaking from 10 to 12. And then from 12 to 2 is an open forum public commentary section. Um, but a lot of folks that we know and love and recognize are, are listed to be folks giving yeah. testimony. I'm trying to think. Um, Jason uh, Ortiz, Victor yeah. from the uh, psychedelic. Sammy uh, from the CAPM. Yeah. Um, Aaron yep. Doolittle, uh, Peter Grinspoon. Um, hmm. Yeah, you can do this virtually. So if you're interested in doing it and you can't make it to the Capitol, go to the CAPM, Connecticut for Accessible Psychedelic Medicine, and sign up, get the Zoom link. You can testify. What did you say? Between 12 and 2? 12 and 2 is public comment. Yep. Okay, so, and that would be, you can watch it as well, and if you can't make it up there, but I think it's important that is the next frontier is psychedelics, so, all right. Yeah, so that, that is Wednesday. Um, another fun one we got coming up, um, Blunts and Bingo, so that's going to be on the 13th at 7 p.m. That's hosted at the Warehouse 860, so that's the location where Connecticut had their holiday party. Um, you can find all of the info on that at their Instagram. It's at the warehouse 860. And um, our friend from Jaded Cakes and Catering will be there. So she'll be providing the food. I don't know. Blunts and bingo. Definitely sounds like a sounds good time. Sounds like fun, so. man. Play some bingo, <laughs> right. win, win some prizes. 
Smoke so, some blunts. Go right ahead. on. Right <laughs> on. Uh, what else we got? We got Cushion Cauldrons. So that is a winter mm-hmm. extravaganza hosted by Psychics and Swears in collaboration with Wholeness House. Um, and that is January 20th. So same thing. You can either go to Psychics and Swears. That's Holly, Holly Broderick and John Shaden um, or Wholeness House. And Aaron Doolittle runs that. So another great oh, event. Nice. Looks like a lot of fun. They put on good things. I love those guys. So Yeah. Another good one. Um, and the final one we're going to mention, uh, Connecticut Munchy Bunch. That is being sponsored by Higher Collective. So I don't know if you all have ever done their Munchy Bunches, but that's pretty much exactly what it sounds like. You know, you get together. If you would like to partake, you can kind of do that collectively. And then they go in and they eat together. Uh, so that's going to be the 27th at noon at the Black Dog Bar in Putnam. Right. And there's other events coming up, but we'll cover them as they come up. Right, um, but you can always check it out uh, at, at our uh, on our Facebook page. I'm always posting them up on the Greenhaven Media Facebook page, and I know you are posting them as well. Absolutely. So, but it sounds like a fun and interesting week. All right, very very good. Well, it looks like our guest is here, so I'm going to bring him on right now. This is Jeremy Ortiz. He's a CLCS. And Jeremy began gorilla growing at the age of 18 in the wetlands of Connecticut. I'll have to find out where the wetlands are. With seeds smuggled back from Amsterdam, Afghani Kush and Skunk One. And he continues to grow for his personal use. His wife had some medical issues with her legs between 2017 and 2021. She received her medical card and she used using edibles to get away from narcotics, but it didn't work. So uh, he has his medical card with arthritis and a herniated disc in his back. Fast forward today to being part of the Hub International Cannabis Specialty Practice, and he's an MJ winner at the National Cannabis Industry Awards for Cannabis Business Insurance of the Year. He works for Hub International, and Hub International is a, a very large insurance company, And they do cannabis insurance. And their little blurb is, despite the record growth, the cannabis industry is still stuck in a web of state and federal laws governing the sale of cannabis and CBD products. This makes it difficult for industry businesses to obtain reliable insurance coverage. Hub specialized cannabis insurance experts and risk consultants help you manage the emerging risks that face your cannabis business with the right risk transfer and mitigation. Our industry brokers and risk control specialists offer cannabis insurance and risk consulting services tailored to your needs. We make sure you're covered so you can focus on maximizing growth and profit. Jeremy, how are you today? I hope I did you well with the intro. I can't hear you. Are you muted? I don't even see that you're muted. Can you turn up your mic or something? There we go. It looks like something's happening. Yeah, I'm very interested. I need to hear about how you got these seeds from uh, Afghanistan. Are you there? Amsterdam, but he's working on getting on here from what I see. I see. I see the little thing coming on. All right. Well, yeah. So, Lou, Jeremy uh, is a friend of yours, right? You've known him for a while. We met through the cannabis industry. 
which is pretty cool. Um, met at some of the events here in Connecticut, and then continued to to keep uh, communication through like MJ BizCon and um, a few other events. And like you said, he won the award, which was really awesome. And then he's represented at all the NECANs and all, all the conventions, which is still which is pretty awesome to watch. All right, the industry here. Yep, we Perfect. got you. We're good. Thanks for the introduction, Joe. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, so um, you pretty much did the interview for me. Uh, you let us know a little <laughs> well, bit about no. but uh, I could go into a little more detail. Yeah, My no, journey I... with the plant, yeah, it started back in 1994, freshman in high school. Uh, smoked my first joint uh, with a handful of friends that I still am friends with today. Uh, some of those were cannabis-related business owners. Uh, shout out to my friends Doug and Heather up in Bethel, Maine. If you're ever doing any skiing at Sunday River, definitely stop by their shop, uh, Cryptid's Legendary Smoke. He was one of the first guys I smoked a joint with, and we still maintain our friendship today. Um, <clears throat> and like you said, back in 99, uh, a couple of my buddies went out to Amsterdam for about a month and smuggled back some skunk one and Afghani Kush seeds. So how they do that? My backpacks and socks, okay. you know, <laughs> very backpacks carefully. And socks. <laughs> they got it through. This was before the farm bill was passed. Right. So, um, what we do, we, uh, Got a copy of Ed Rosenthal's book, Marijuana Grower's Handbook, followed it to a T, and uh, ended up yielding about a half a pound off of uh, four plants. So not too bad. Uh, no, not too bad. Water and uh, some top dressing nutrients and walkie-talkie. Cell phones weren't big back then. So our driver, she knew the code word that let her know that we were ready to get picked up. And uh, we duck on the side of the road in the wetlands and uh, wait till we saw the Jeep come through and then pop into the car if there was no cars trailing behind her. So oh, so we you were growing outdoors. In the, Now, where is the wetlands? Prospect. Prospect. And you were growing outdoors. You kind of had the place hidden. So you had to go check on it. Um, yeah, so we, to make sure the deers weren't getting it or whatever. People didn't find it. Yeah, pretty much the swamps. Yeah. So we were knee deep in water and mud to get to our, our plant. Plenty of nutrients. Yeah, they were in uh, five-gallon buckets, though. That's what we grew in back then. And it, it all worked out. So you that's know, gorilla growing. You are correct. Yeah. yeah. Parents let let us trim and uh, cure in, in their house. Thank you, Mom and Dad. Love you. Um, and here we are today. That's where the passion began for uh, the right. plant. And now you're yeah. a medical patient. Your wife's a medical patient. You fast forward to 2014, 2015, 16. The medical program comes in. You become a patient. And then tell me a little bit about what happened there. Yeah, so in 20, about 2018, my wife, uh, she messed up her leg at work. And right. um, she had her first surgery, which didn't resolve the issue. So she went in for a second surgery. And after that second procedure, she was unable to uh, to lift up her pedal foot. 
Gotcha. So we dealt with that for about four years with her unable to drive or work. Um, and I'm sure they gave her that. nice, plenty of good opioids to kill that pain, right? Yeah, 100%. But it also mm. brought on stomach problems. And of course. Well, you know. So if you know my wife, she's a straight edge. She doesn't consume. She rarely drinks. If she drinks, it may be just one. Um, so I convinced her to try edibles, you know, so she got her medical card and um, her third surgery. She used the edibles, uh, cake balls to um, pretty much kill the pain and help with sleep aid. And it worked. Surprise, surprise. It worked. Very good. Um, of course. You know, so thankfully she's able to drive today back to work. And um, if you looked at her, you would never know that she had a, uh, the injury that she did have. And very and nice. Well, and she's not using opioids anymore. No, no. Excellent. Or cannabis Very nice either. to hear. Wow. So she's totally pain-free. That's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good yep. thing. See that? All right. That's a success story. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. I yeah. appreciate it. You know, so myself, I struggle with, uh, arthritis in both my hips, and I do have a herniated disc in my back. So props to Kibra Smith Bolden, you mm -hmm. know, good friend of ours. Guard, smooth process. Her and her team know what they're doing and make it as pain free as possible. So she helped me out, and um, I've had my card for about three years now, and uh, it helps, you know, with pain management. Now, are you still growing? I am. I good. Do. I good. do for personal use. Thankfully, state of Connecticut passed a law where I'm able to grow six plants yep. in my household. You know, so if you're not doing it, definitely take advantage of it. Pick Absolutely. Up a copy of and follow it to a T. That Anybody is the solution, my friend. Should grow their own. You know, know what you're putting in to the soil or whatever nutrients you're feeding the plant. So you know what what you're smoking. I agree with you. And, you know, we had a discussion earlier about shortages in the dispensaries. There is always one way to avoid that. And that is to grow your own. <laughs> Everyone, yeah. if you have the ability to grow your own, please feel free to, you know, you have the right to advocate if you, for more plant counts. There's a ton of things on the medical side. You know, that that's what I think everybody should do. Start and if you something. don't know how to grow yourself, there are plenty of people that can help you. There are people who will come over and set up your grow room for you. There's a lot of consultants. I mean, this is something you can learn if you don't yeah. know. A lot of people are like, even myself. I'm like, well, I've tried it before. I wasn't very good at it. But well, that's because no one showed me. It's come such a long way. It's come such a long way. We've had guests on. We've had friends that have automated grow styles. This is something that you can literally pick up, learn, put a small thing together, grow a couple auto plants. You know, it doesn't yeah. have to be as complicated as everybody shows it. You know, uh, the book that, that uh, was just mentioned is a great one. There's also the simple Danny Danko's Guide to Growing. There's Jorge, tons of little uh, things Jorge, that, uh, Jorge Cervantes. Cervantes. You know? Yeah, those are three good books right there. Marijuana Horticulture, the Ed Rosenthal book, and the Danny Danko. You get those three, you can grow. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it, it, it's a process of improvement. You're just trying to improve on what you do 
every single time, yeah. you know? And if anybody knows me and been to my house, you're in my backyard, you're surrounded by gardens. You know, I've garden right. beds everywhere, you know? So that's a passion I picked up probably from my parents growing up. They've had gardens in, in their yard, you know, since I was. Yeah. Well, you mentioned that too. That's another important thing. You know, you, if you're going to grow a weed, you might as well grow some food too. <laughs> and know, know what you're feeding the plants. Yeah, you know, you're right. Because yeah. you know what? What oh, are they you. feeding them at the, uh, you know, in, the, in these commercial farms? Did I lose everybody? <laughs> I'm not. We're still here. What did I, yeah, in these commercial farms, you know, what are they putting in the pesticides and whatever? Well, is you it? know, that's, a, that's a, what they're putting in them is usually Athena and the standard corporate uh, large grow mediums, um, you know, those type of things. It's, yeah. It's, it's, and they uh, use like two nutrients, right? You know, everybody uses the same nutrients usually. Yeah. You know, that's, it's, you, it's you just standard. Go, it's, hey, it's all pesticides. It's not all pesticides. But no, but it, I'm. It is what it is. Yeah, um, but it's standard. Like that, it's That's standard. the same propaganda that gets thrown to everybody. Oh my God, the pesticides. Well, <laughs> well, I was speaking more of commercial food than. Uh, yeah. Than, than weed. Obviously, weed is grown indoors most of the time. But anyway, you're right. It is a standard fertilization process a standard grow process it's like a factory if you grow your own you can put the love into it you know exactly what's in that soil and uh, you do it yourself i think that's the way to go i i'm totally in agreement so you're growing you got your medical card what made you decide to get into the industry jeremy were you already in insurance yeah i i i've uh, been in insurance since 2009 so um, the company I've been working for since 2014 was acquired by Hub in 2020. So I was down south visiting the in-laws, and uh, I got a phone call from my boss, Dave Drescher, letting us know, hey, we just sold uh, the agency to Hub International. Mm -hmm. They're big, and they have a lot of resources, all I knew. So shortly after uh, the acquisition was all cleared, I found out that they had a uh, cannabis specialty practice that was started up in Canada by Jay Birdie and uh, was helping cannabis-related businesses all over the United States and Canada with the risk planning. So there you go, call to action. You know, with my passion, I felt the need to educate and help any cannabis-related business with their risk planning as an advisor, a consumer, and a grower. So I have the advantage of knowing both sides of the business, you know, right. a little bit about, you know, growing, a lot about consuming, and uh, a lot about insurance. So I, I, I have a broad, broad um, spectrum of knowledge to um, basically help anybody with, either things that they don't know and should or what they do know a little bit about and just educate them a little bit more so they have a deeper knowledge of what they're purchasing because it's not cheap. All, all the insurances are sold on the secondary marketplace. The advantage Hub has is we're large. We're the fifth largest insurance broker in the United States. 
And what that allows us to do is leverage the size with our carrier partners and have direct communication with these underwriters that are approving policies. Um, right. Also, it allows us to gain access into all the markets that are available for these cannabis-related businesses. So we can put it all out on a silver platter where the business owner is able to visualize all the options side by side uh, with limits, um, premiums, and what I feel is most important in the cannabis insurance policy are the exclusions. What's not covered? You know, right. that way, when they do make that decision, it's an educated decision. And they could have the peace of mind when they do need to utilize the insurance, they're going to be okay. You know, right. so that's my job is to explain that to them. And with hub size, I have the resources to do it. Right. Right. So, our, so you're, yeah, you're, you're the perfect example of what I always used to tell people is if you want to get in the cannabis industry, take your existing skills and see how they can transfer over. So you're the perfect example. You already had insurance background. You loved cannabis. You're a cannabis enthusiast. You're a grower. You're a medical patient. And you just took all that experience, moved it right into the same industry, except into the cannabis field, which you loved. So I want to applaud you for that. I think that's great. And I think more people should look into it like that. There could be a space for you in the cannabis industry, whether you're an insurance broker whether you're an HVAC guy, whether you're a security guy, whatever, there are there could there are spots in the cannabis industry. So kudos to you for that. But um what I wanted to get into was so what types of insurance are available? So this is insurance for the cannabis industry. So you're talking all aspects, pretty much cultivators, dispensary, producers, uh, even delivery services could probably uh, use insurance in some way, shape, or form. And it's ne it's needed. I mean, not only could use it, but it's required, isn't it? 100%. So think of a uh, cannabis business just like any other industry, right? right. Every industry needs insurance. Right. And every cannabis-related business needs insurance. But it's a little more than that because there's a lot more going on. And with all the changes continuing to happen in the industry, you need to partner up with somebody who was at the forefront of the industry, which I can honestly say we are. Uh, our practice started about 10 years ago now up in Canada. You know, they were the first to be recreationally legal, federally legal. Um, and then it trickled down into the United States. So we already had an advantage because we had some knowledge about things that were taking place up, up north. And as states open up and continue to open up, we, we already have that data that allows us to anticipate losses and share that with anybody who we are working with to prepare them, you know, because... Right. Uh, I've spoken to so many cannabis business owners from all aspects of the industry, and they have a lot of questions, and they rely on people like myself to provide the guidance that they need, and that guidance isn't always the best. You know, I, I've spoken mm -hmm. with 
uh, cannabis delivery services that have a commercial auto policy, and that's it. You know, uh, they're leaving themselves susceptible to uh, product liability uh, lawsuits because they're touching the plant. You know, they're mm-hmm. touching the product. So anywhere from trip A, point A to point B, if something happens, that liability could fall on them if there's a suit brought brought to them. Right. Um, they had no cargo coverage either. So if they had twenty thousand dollars in cash in a vehicle at one time and fifty thousand dollars of cannabis stock in a vehicle with no cargo coverage, then they're on the hook for all that product that doesn't belong to them to pay out of pocket. You know? And you never know so, what could happen. An accident, you can get in an accident, you can get robbed. You, there are a lot of things that could happen. You're right. Yeah. So in a nutshell, it's, it's our job to bring to light all the different coverages that are available. And there's several of them. You know, you have your commercial general liability. It's going to cover third-party bodily injury. Then you have your product liability. It's going to cover, you know, anything. If somebody consumes a product in any fashion and they get sick because that product's tainted that product liability is going to protect them in the event of the lawsuit um you have commercial property insurance that's going to cover the property product recall that's an important one um if there is a mandated recall of a product and a uh, retail shop has to pull all of that product off of the shelves they want to make sure that their policy is not limited to mandated recalls, but also covers them for voluntarily recalls as well. So policy language is crucial. So if you can leave this call with one piece of advice, read your policies. You know, don't don't assume that whoever you're doing business with is providing you with all the information you need to know. You know, take the time, read the policies, because the one thing you don't want to have happen is for a loss to happen. And then you call your agent and your agent says, sorry, that wasn't covered, you know, and and that could put somebody out of business, potentially, you know. Oh, I've seen it happen in other industries. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what size businesses should be getting insurance. I mean, obviously it should probably be any size, right? And what? 100%. Yeah. So any size business should have an insurance policy and a risk advisor that could walk them through, you know, the mm-hmm. ins and outs of what they should have because ultimately, yeah, we can make you insurance poor by giving you everything under the sun, you know, but it's our job to provide those options and let you pick and choose which options you feel are best suited for your business, you know? Right. And then financially with the cost of just getting into the cannabis industry being so high right now, you know, mm-hmm. maybe it's not feasible to have every single piece of insurance that is available just because of the cost in the cost, premium right, right. being out of the budget, you know, but at the same time, don't always assume that you still have to bring the options up and show them what the cost is. So they have a better idea of how much it will cost for, uh, 
a full risk risk plan. Right. Now I notice you also do insurance for employees as well. So I was looking on your website and I see you have a 401k program that you can help uh, people get involved in for their employees. Tell us a little bit about what what insurance would a would an owner need to have for his employees besides just having the business covered, you know, like the physical building and the, and the products and all that. What kind of coverage is needed for your employees, the people who actually work in there? Workers' compensation. You know, it's a mandated coverage for anybody who's not a business owner. Um, business owners could exclude themselves if they're not doing so already. Definitely talk to your agents about that. But, um, yeah, it, it's, it's going to protect the employees in the event of injury or a sickness that comes about doing their job on a daily basis. Right. So now what would be the difference between going to say you guys at hub international and going to a regular insurance agent, uh, to get coverage? I think the biggest difference is you want somebody who specializes in the industry. You know, anybody could sell insurance. The guy across the street could sell a, a cannabis policy, but what's going to happen is the options that they provide you are going to be limited to those options that they know about, you know, the easy ones, your progressives, things like that. Right. And they're not going to provide you with the broad scale of options that Hub can. Again, going back to the size that Hub has, um, we have the ability to leverage the size. There's about a little over 270 um, specialists like myself spread throughout the country. And carriers know this. Carriers know the amount of volume that we are basically putting through their books to help our customers. So this allows us to gain access to any cannabis insurance carrier that exists in the marketplace versus a smaller shop who may have two or three producers, not over 200, and has limitations because in the insurance space, there's a premium. Um, you, you have to satisfy a premium threshold to be able to market a certain carrier. So mm -hmm. our size allows us to hit those thresholds through any carrier, you know, and we're, we're not going to pigeonhole you to one carrier that one carrier may not always be the right place for you. Right. So it's our job to source all the carriers and then make an educated decision with the business owner on which option we feel will help them the best when they do need to use it. Does that answer your question? And I'll say yeah. I can confirm that because in my past life, I worked for one of those carriers as an underwriter for a specialty program that Hub managed. And exactly what you're saying, Hub is such a large broker and they funnel so much money towards the company, not necessarily that you do favors, but we had a completely separate 
list of guidelines as far as what they could write with us versus some random agent on the street. So I will say for cannabis businesses too, they're often excluded. So if you were a small business owner, you were opening a dispensary and you went online to just do one of those online quotes, you're going to get declines all over the place. Whereas if you reached out to Jeremy, one, it's really important to have someone that knows something about it because when you know when you were saying you you point out the exclusions to people that's huge because when you read your policy that's like 500 pages and it's it's not 500 pages of things that they're going to cover it's quite quite very much the opposite to some degree and there's a lot of things people don't even consider um you know and you can add them in but like having someone that understands okay you're a dispensary you're going to need x y and z and like you can decide whether you want to add those but an, an agent or agency that's like focusing on just micro businesses, you know, retail stores and, and things that are not cannabis specific wouldn't even know to point that out to you. Um, right. So, yeah, I think it's it's huge. And yeah, having worked with Hub on a, on a different vertical, but yeah, they can very much leverage that relationship and be like, come on, you know, with with what you was saying, those premium thresholds, like the amount of money that basically that y'all have uh, tandem relationships with that that. Benefits the clients very much. <laughs> Quite so frequently. that's the advantage of working with a larger company, not only a larger company, but one that has a cannabis specialty right. area. And right. I was going to ask you, Jeremy, now, do you find, and, and Kristen kind of brought it up, do you find hesitancy with some of the carriers to insure cannabis businesses? I mean, I guess that's got to be an advantage. You know which ones will and which ones won't, right? Because I got to say, there's yeah, probably well, still a stigma, right? Yeah, there's a stigma, but there's also the different rules and, and mm. laws and regulations per every state is different. That's true. So you have some carriers that'll get into some states, but stay away from others. Mm. So you got to be cognizant about that as well when uh, right. you're sourcing options. But it all comes back to our back office team. You know, we couldn't do their our jobs the right way without the support staff that we have in place and um you know props to them because they do a lot of things that uh pretty much they're not at the forefront where people can see the work that's being done behind the scenes they see me but you know without my team i wouldn't be where i am today right right and and the lot you know one of the last questions i want to ask you is price wise okay do you is cannabis insurance for cannabis industries because of the stigma more expensive than let's say if I wanted to insure a boutique, a retail store, or something? Yeah, once you tie put cannabis onto anything, you're gonna pay more for it. You know, so right. all cannabis insurance is unadmitted carriers right now. There's a few, very few admitted carriers, but um all insurance is pretty much sold on the secondary marketplace because you have all those wait and seers till it's federally regulated, you know? Um, and that's why if we had this conversation five years ago, you know, you'd have a handful of carriers that were willing to write cannabis insurance for the related businesses. Now you have over 30, 30 different carriers that have gotten into the space. So, it is um, maturing and uh, becoming a little easier, but also you need to know where to go, you know, and, right. and that all right. comes down to your carrier partners 
just the knowledge. You know, I do insurance all over the country. I have a good partner of mine, Green Check Verified. I'm not sure. I've heard of them. Yeah, you've heard of them. Mm -hmm. They're they're one of my good partners, and um, they do business all over the country. And uh, I reap the benefits to help some of their customers with their risk planning as well. That's very good. Well, well, Jeremy, we're almost out of time, so I wanted to give you a few minutes to let people know how they can get in touch with you. This is very important for cannabis business owners. Uh, anybody who has employees. So how can they get in touch with you? And uh, what's the website, your social media, your email, the best way to find out about cannabis insurance? Yeah, if you got to get a hold of me, feel free to reach me on my cell phone, 203-206-5826. Then my email, jeremy, J-E-R-E-M-Y dot O-R-T-I-Z at hubinternational.com. And uh, LinkedIn, it's Jeremy Ortiz. Facebook, Jeremy Ortiz, pretty simple. You know, right. based out of Connecticut. And then it's hubinternational.com, right? Correct, correct. Okay, and um, so, yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to mention, in addition to this commercial insurance, as you had mentioned earlier, we do have our employee benefits division that helps with health insurance for cannabis-related businesses small or large scale, and uh, we actually came up with a captive uh, health insurance program last year that we had to shut down just based on the volume that we had in, and those are for the larger larger operations. And then, as you mentioned as well, we have a 401k division that could help cannabis-related businesses with their employees' retirement planning. So that's really, really, that's really beneficial to know that. Um, as far as that goes, because I think now one thing I did want to ask you, what about individuals who might be growing in their house? Um, is there a type of insurance for them just in case for loss or theft or, because obviously I'm thinking all states not going to cover it if there's a flood and they lose all their grow equipment or yeah, things the like problem that. With that Joe is because it's not federally legal. Um, if I think any of these um, personal homeowners carriers caught any wind that a grow operation was taking place in the home, they probably cancel your policy. You get a regardless if it's legal. I mean, are these people who are growing in their homes at risk of losing their they insurance? Are, they are. They're they're leaving themselves susceptible oh well then you got to open a home division we do we do have a personal lines division but um if you answer that question that you're growing cannabis in your home you're going to get a letter letting you know that uh your insurance is going to be terminated very shortly after and then you're going to have a tough time finding coverage you know moving forward you know you have some cannabis operations in place that have a grow on the same piece of land as their home. And that's a tough, tough place to insure as well. Wow. But we can get it done. Yeah. That's good to know. So people out there, if you are growing, be aware, be aware of that. All right. Well, Jeremy, thank you so much. It's been a very informative, informative uh, show today. I appreciate you coming on. 
And again, if you want to reach Jeremy, he left his numbers. Uh, it's hubinternational.com. Uh, ask for Jeremy Ortiz. Uh, and I think it's important that everybody who is getting into the industry should look into this and make sure that they are covered so they don't lose their butt. So, all right. With that, Kristen, any last words for the people? No, thank you so much. Great, great show after our two-week hiatus. It's good to be back. That's right. Uncle Lou, any, any last words? Always love the conversation. Jeremy comes with a world of knowledge and experience. Really looking to next week's show. Joe, That's right. you know, me, stay happy, healthy, and hi, my friend. Joe, what's your last words, brother? My last words are, next week we have Montel Williams coming on the show. I'm very excited. This is probably the biggest guest we've ever had. So please, please tune in. Uh, and you can like share and subscribe follow me at joe the weed guy at greenhaven media you can follow Kristen at classic underscore Kristen and lou nautilus botanicals etc etc we're all over social media we love you thank you everybody remember go out there and be the lights take care we'll see you next week with montel williams thank you jeremy thank you lou Thank you, Kristen. I'm yeah. gonna keep my room until I got high. <laughs> I was gonna get up and find the broom, but then I got high. Uh, my room is still messed up, and I know why. Why, man? Yeah, because I got high. Because I got high. Because I got high. I was gonna go to class before I got high. Come on, y'all. Check it out. Uh, I could have cheated and I could have passed, but I got high. Uh, uh, I'm taking it next semester and I.